Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello there and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast in which we take the iconic and slightly deranged questions of Sex and the City's Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love in 2020. This week you are joined by me, Juna Dawson, my good squirrel friend Dylan B. Jones and we have a very, very special guest this week. We are joined by the amazing author, performer, member of the denim troupe, screenwriter, it's Amru Al-Kadi. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining us, Amru. Oh, it's a real pleasure to really channel carry and, and deconstruct <laughs> the most complex questions of our time. I, well, it is. <laughs> it's the big, the big hard-hitting questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amru, you were meant to join us several weeks ago, but then we're just too busy being fabulous. In I'm LA. so sorry. I just had to jump on the red eye. <laughs> Meeting. <laughs> <laughs> meetings with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, um, I wish I'd had a meeting like that. <laughs> I just had loads of white producers saying, that's so important. Whenever I said anything about race. <laughs> I remember that stuff. And also, they're all trans. So important. Yeah. <laughs> this week, we are here to talk about season two, episode four. They shoot single people, don't they? Yes. Dylan, can you give us your little potted synopsis? You're so good at it. Oh, thank you. Well, for the first time... Ever, all the girls are single at the same time, which I love. Yeah, mm. I love. I miss all my friends being single. Yeah, I actually found that opening of the episode joyous. But yeah, carry on, carry on. And yeah, it basically focuses on their four different journeys in singledom and how they all feel about it and how much or how little they are insecure about it. Is that? That's yeah. I love this episode. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to preempt this conversation <clears throat> and give it five str- scrunchies out of oh, five. Oh, okay. Five out of five scrunchies. <laughs> I think it's so funny because we were on the back of last week. We had um, The Freak Show, which is a super iconic episode. And this week we've got, um, so they shoot single people. I think this might be the two best back-to-back episodes. Right, yeah. And we've got a great one next week as well. What's next week again? It's the Four Women in a Funeral next week. Oh. Where Samantha oh, gets yeah. cancelled. <laughs> we'll be looking at cancel culture next week. Oh, amazing. Um, but th- this <laughs> week I just really love it. And it, again, it was one of those that came along at exactly the right point in my life. So I would have been in my, I think, second year at university. And I went to university in Bangor, North Wales, uh-huh. where there wasn't a lot of queer shit happening, it has to be said. And so I was always the single one. Right. And so to see them so enjoying being single and to, I guess, bust some myths around singledom as well, it made me feel, because I was 
so mopey about being single for so much of my 20s. I was so miserable about being perpetually single that to see this episode actually celebrate the state of singledom was a really, really good thing. Well, I suppose we should go into what, what the adventures the characters go on, really. Otherwise, this isn't going to make any sense <laughs> So, Amru, start us off. What's Carrie up to? So, Carrie is excited because the morning after she goes clubbing, <laughs> she, <Unwise>. has, <laughs> she has a feature, a photo taking of her for a feature that's called Single and Fabulous. And she's exclamation really, point. Exclamation <laughs> point. I actually find the opening of the episode where they're all just not even flirting with guys yeah. and just dancing really I joyous. Because also... gay clubs, you always go like, if I don't pull, this has been a terrible night. Right. Mm-hmm. And what was so nice about that opening of the episode, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to the guy. They dance almost quite stupidly yeah. and they jump around well, and Samantha even shuts the guy down she's like it's just the it's girls, just the yeah. girls. And I, so classy because yeah. I don't go out that much anymore and because I am perpetually single like when I go out I do get a bit like well what's the purpose if I don't find someone uh-huh. mm-hmm. and actually that reminded me go ha- dance with your friends or whatever uh-huh. there was a point in my mid-twenties where I realised clubbing had stopped being fun mm. because it was such a mission to get laid <laughs> that I forgot why I was there and I remember one night and I'm sorry to my friends I am going to name and shame. There was a night where me and some girlfriends went out to quite a mixed kind of night where there was queer people and straight people and all kinds of people. And we basically arrived at the club together and then split up mm-hmm. to find yes. to find men. And, and that was so depressing. I've certainly been guilty of what you've just said, Amru, and what you just touched on, which is you feel like it feels like a failure and a waste of time if you don't pull at the end of a night out. I, and that has felt like that to me a lot. Um, I'm now completely over that. But it's interesting. And it's kind of the theme of this episode a little bit, isn't it? When they say, like, when she says, is it better to... It's the main question in some ways. The main question is, Should, is it better to fake, to fake it, it than be single? Yeah, so it's not quite that. But they, she touches on, like, um, when this is the first time I would have ever gone home with a man just for validation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's lucky for you that it's the first time because I think I've done that several times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Christ, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Samantha saying... Well, hang on. So can we stick with Carrie? So what yeah. happens, so, Amru, at the photo shoot? So, so Carrie basically stays out all night and decides to basically go to the photo shoot having been all <laughs> up all night, but she falls asleep on her bed and then wakes up in the middle of a panic moment. <laughs> We've all been Our all worst nightmare being like, you're already 40 minutes late and she says she'll arrive in 20 minutes it's probably one of my favorite sequences when she arrives and it, you're yeah, about a fucking, fucking month late oh Nevin yeah. Nevin and, is awful oh my god I couldn't get a cab I need a coffee the size of my head it's decaf, De- it's decaf. <laughs> and then when she sits down for the test I'm, I'm doing quote unquote sort of um, what's the word what's the word for this uh, air quotes air quotes yeah um, when she sits down for the <clears throat> test shoot in air quotes she says, do you mind if I smoke? And the photographer says, I don't care if you shoot up. <laughs> Which is oh, the so 90s. New York, so 90s models <laughs> would have been shooting up. But as well, Carrie, not her first photo shoot. You do not let them take a picture of you if it's not, if you're not flawless. Yeah. And it's like, they always say, smile, can you show us some teeth? And I'm like, mm-mm. Mm. Because if you give a big cheesy grin, that's the one they're going to totally. use. So I just don't even open my mouth in pictures. <laughs> and... Should, 
she not being wily enough to suss what's going on yeah. doesn't realize that they're taking a photo from this test shoot where she's her face literally is un sort of there's no makeup she's had no sleep she looks completely exhausted she's smoking a cigarette yeah. she looks almost existential of like <laughs> why do i exist and what's going on it's a great cover it's a, and it's and it's <laughs> single and it comes out on the new yorker effects of new york magazine yeah. with single and fabulous question mark. and the whole feature is about really the depressing reality of being a single woman in your 30s yeah one has to ask if it'll still be fun at 40 and it's written by a female journalist <laughs> as well i like clocked that do articles like that actually come out or did they used to come uh, out? oh my god of course yeah. i've seen things what was that bloody woman who writes for the daily mail whose name i always forget it's i think they happen in the daily mail and the sun well, to sort of saying, grow up, everybody. Yeah. It was interesting what Miranda said, where she was like, every couple of years, one of these articles comes around. And I was it's like... a cautionary tale. I was like, that still fucking happens. Like, the same shit just gets recycled every two years. What did she say? Um, You're single, fabulous, and fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Not now, I would. Like, well, like, I mean, it is... You would be upset. Um, I, I've had magazine pieces about me. Um, and... It's difficult because they always they always run a picture you wouldn't choose for yourself. I remember I did once did the cover of a magazine called Happiful. Thank you for putting me on the cover. And I was like, of all the pictures mm. we took, that was the best one. And that was, you know, they were trying to put me out in the most flattering possible light. Yeah. So it is it is a bummer. But um, I suppose, Carrie, she kind of has to go into hiding. So what I love about this episode, and it's strangely, it's not the main question because the other plots are more about faking um, to avoid being single. But I think really what this episode is about is about the stigma of being single. Yeah. And at one point, Carrie kind of asks as a side question, is being single the new leprosy? Mm. Did she um, say that? Oh, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. That's a lot. I think um, <laughs> I, I definitely feel that like whenever I'm doing a shoot or an interview for, for a magazine and because I am single, there is this like added pressure of like, well, what if my future husband is reading this and I'm not coming across well? You right. know, this this feeling that like you're always on the market and mm -hmm. you're always sort of need to take care of yourself as an investment and whenever there's an image put out of you you're like oh god is this going to preclude my chances at true love and this happens mm. for Carrie in the most mm. because it's literally like well as someone who's done cover shoots with both of you oh. you were both you were both Dylan. you were both much more professional and on time than Carrie so and Carrie <laughs> she does have to take that one on the chin which is had she been on time she would have had the full hair and makeup so this so. is this is what I I adored Carrie in this episode yes. she's a mess and I mm -hmm. love it and it really reminds me and might be partially responsible for my own behavior from 2010 to 2015 <laughs> which was single and fabulous question yeah mark. drinking cocktails until three in the morning was on it Tartini. I wish it was a tartini. Oh, a tartini. <laughs> um, jumping in and out of cars with not Bradley Cooper, but yeah. You, you get people. the sense of mania of like mm. yeah, when, when she's she goes, gone a bit. When yeah. she goes to that night and it's like, I cannot leave until something happens that makes me feel worth something. Yeah. And I've definitely felt that in my, I mean, I'm not going to, I still feel that. Like if it's 3 a.m. and I'm like, nothing's totally. happened. I must be ugly. Totally. I need something. To gonna make it happen, let's go to a sauna or to a chem Go yes. to a sauna or a chem sex party and then someone, oh my gosh. Yeah. you know, sucks your dick and they, they thought you were their boyfriend actually and they didn't even realize what was going on. That's actually happened to me. And um, <laughs> um, I've had someone literally sit on me 
Yeah. Um, and then look behind me and go, oh, sorry, you're not my boyfriend. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that old mistake. Oh, that old oh no, I fell on someone's knee. I oh. slipped and fell on a Madonna CD. Um, and now I'm just. But I liked seeing Carrie just. I was like, oh, girl, I get you. I yeah. feel you. And it felt like. Sometimes she tries to be, I think the reason that a lot of people don't like her is she tries to be too perfect. So it's an absolute joy when she's a bit more flawed and a bit more of a mess. And she's smoking on a run. Yes. And she's sort of, I was actually quite shocked when she like just turned around from running and just sat down and lit up. I was like, oh, what are you doing? And she almost, I feel like, is the wisest of the four of them in the episode because the other three surrender immediately after that article comes out. Yeah. Well, it terrifies them. They go, I'll just call the guy and yeah. fake orgasm again or yeah. I'll date mm. this sort of um, womanizer or I'm going to just date my handyman and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, I mean, and, and again, that's this and I've seen this in my life and in my friend's life, which is the terror of being single. And I think as a society, being single still, even now, is presented as a worst case scenario. Like that, that you know, we still see these stereotypes of the crazy cat lady. We still yeah. have words like spinster and old maid, whereas men, of course, get bachelor or kind of confirmed yeah. bachelor. And so I still think, and I think the stakes are higher for women, but I think for all of us, if if you get to the age of Carrie and Co, and if you are still single, you've done something wrong, or you know, oh, or it didn't work out, or and I still think, even now, so twenty years ago and now, it's still true that being single is anathema, and we've got to do something about that as a society. We've got to get to a place where being single is on a level with being in a relationship because I think they both do have pros and cons. Well, actually, yeah. And also the, the, it kind of is a great sort of precursor to an episode. I don't know which series it is when Carrie loses her shoes at someone's baby oh, yeah. shower. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. know, she goes, well, why don't they, why don't I get a present, a hallmark for being single? Where's yeah. my present? And I've actually felt that a lot of like mm. the amount of weddings that I have gone to and flown to Mykonos and spent all this money. And I'm like, where's my congratulations for yeah. having you know sucked off three dicks at a sauna and being happy and with why myself. Is that, like, where's and my why present? Is, where's my why shower? Is, um, and why is that any less valid? It's like because of patriarchy, Dylan. And also heteronormativity. Yeah, a little but I think bit. we are steering women towards marriage in particular, and I think basically we all, as a society, caught that obsession. We all um, caught love this love is blind. I'm sure that'll still be relevant when this podcast comes out oh i've my not God. watched love is blind uh, so i watched heterosexuality some of it. <laughs> is a sort of disease is kind of my description i of watched it. some of it last night hungover and it was a bad choice to watch hungover. it's like their <laughs> it's entire like... lives is rooted around this one question got to find a man yeah. got to be married mm. even. Just, yeah. just nothing and i had this at a wedding i went to a cousin's wedding and she's a, a muslim cousin of mine who was similar to me in my teens in that she was really rebellious right but she was always on the verge of just capitulating and conforming right. and i never conformed and she suddenly did conform and married very kind of standard guy and had a very kind of traditional princess wedding oh my god this is literally what i'm about yeah. to do but go on <laughs> oh. but she at the wedding in the corner was a bit like amru i'm really worried about you like you're not going to get all this and I thought, oh. this is really interesting because you think that 
this is the prize. You mm-hmm. could have you could have turned around and said to her, "Well, I'm really worried about you because this is the last thing I want." Yeah, yeah. Well, I I didn't say that on the day because yeah, literally it was a life <laughs> that would have been things not to say at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. But it, I could see the pity or slight envy. mania, envy in her eye of God. I ha- hate you because you're making me. You're like showing me the alternative because uh-huh. I love being single. I've been single my whole life, actually. You're giving her FOMO. I think, obviously, I'm very, very happy with Max and I'm very, very excited about our impending wedding. But at the same time, I remember how much fun I had, you know, especially, you know, heading into my 30s where my life was just in general a lot more settled and I was more financially stable. I loved that never quite knowing what was around the Mm, corner, that sense of adventure you get when you're single of, you know, of you know, who knows what's going to happen on this night out. Yeah. You know, now when I have a night out, I know exactly how that night's going to end. I'm going to go back and get into bed with Max. <laughs> and and I love that. But I also loved the adventures as well. And, and I wish everyone could see that they are equally good and equally valid. Yeah. Um, and I remember, and I think it does affect girls more than boys. I remember, and I think that really interesting word you use, mania. Again, I'm not going to name names, but some of my <laughs> girlfriends... In their, so we're going back a little way into our 20s. When they were single, they were on a mission. mission. <laughs> and nights out became almost quite stressful. Like, kind of like, oh my God, we've lost her again. Where's she gone? Like, <laughs> that's me if I do tequila. Like, <laughs> if I have a shot of tequila, like, that's it. It's weird. Wild. It's a line of drugs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, not that any of us know what that's like. Um, can I recommend? <laughs> can I recommend a book though? Um, I've been thinking about this book a lot, but particularly coming up on the train today, um, it's a book called "Rewriting the Rules" by Meg John Barker, who is an amazing non-binary writer who has a lot of very, very clever things to say about sex and relationships, especially for queer people. And they describe. I want you to imagine, so I'm going to try to paint a visual pitch now for the listeners, a pyramid. Okay. Uh-huh. And at the top of the pyramid are straight, white, cisgender, able-bodied people. And for the longest time, that has been the ultimate goals, to be married to one of those magical unicorn people. <laughs> to be married to one of those is the goal. Right. And um, to have that you know, little wedding cake people, two white people, little white children, nice little cat or dog, nice detached house. And what Meg John states is that everything else underneath that as a society we consider less than. So if you look at even recent controversies around interracial marriage, Meg- I mean, look at fucking Harry and Meghan. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's even, even anything that slightly deviates from the top of that pyramid as a society, at best, you know, we consider it a talking point. Like, oh, how interesting. Oh, oh, that's yeah. novel. Or at worst actively taboo so look at trans dating or i guess gay lesbian people i think bisexuals are considered very taboo I mean, yeah. gay communities the way that femme gays get treated but, you know they're seen as, it's so interesting that you say this because i think the obviously the big issue <laughs> of the episode that's just really lightly done when you talk about this pyramid is when samantha has the chance to so a, a Pakistani busboy kisses her, yeah. mm. and she almost and she says, Carrie narrates being like, she was going to go for the Pakistani busboy as if it was this lower rung on the ladder, hundred mm, percent. Or, or, or on that's the why it was said. But then, no, I can't. I can't. Don't debase yourself, man. Don't base yourself. Yeah. But you know, this is something that I like as a person of color. I'm always thinking about of like this. I'm actually writing a script on this at the moment about oh, wow. people of color who 
actively search for white people in their dating. Right. And like I've spoken to a lot of people of color who've had to like watch porn with no white people to kind of untrain their desires because when you I've seen it and it's really sad it'll even be like a POC nightclub and a few white people come in right. and everyone sort of gravitates towards because as a person of color where you're told that your like worth is less than mm. sometimes it feels a bit like a trophy right. when you're able to get the one who looks like the white picket fence prince charming mm-hmm. joe jonas and i've <laughs> seen myself do that so much i've gone on dates with guys where i'm like i don't like you really but i like the fact that on the street i feel a little bit safer i feel a little bit more respected mm. i feel you know with your arm around me that i might not get attacked when i'm in drag and right. it's like not about them as a person right and it's about that pyramid isn't it and that, i hate that that book has changed my life i would strongly recommend it's called rewriting the rules um for me you know i recognized i was a big part of my transition was aspiring to being cisgender mm. and actually acknowledging and in and, and sort of dealing with i guess my own internalized transphobia because i too recognized that being a trans woman wasn't ideal mm. and that's bullshit i am ideal mm. <laughs> fact trans. but i guess no, but I, they're the they're the fiction that's where you, start, you have to start to realize that like because they're, no such they're thing, the fake yeah. they're the mm. weird fake things but i guess i mean as the one cis white man in the room i definitely don't want to put words in either of your mouths but both of the thoughts that you guys have both described both just described I, d- i kind of don't want either of you to feel bad about those thoughts no i don't because they're natural i mean not natural but like it makes sense that those thoughts would be in your head mm, because um, of patriarchy yeah yeah but also because of like because of sometimes just ease of like you know if you are in a society that has othered you or treated you so badly sometimes you'll accept any crumbs of acceptance and mm. and that's right. like that's why i think queer people are like most susceptible for instance into co-option or commodification because like when any brand starts to offer money like, or yes. like acceptance you're like yeah. i'll take it i'll take it because yeah. i and and that's why i think we're, we're vulnerable emotionally mm-hmm. and actually are often really tough i've been with guys where i'm like I can't believe I let I I dumb myself down sometimes to go out. I don't do that anymore, but my early dating life I could tell that as a femme brown person, white cis guys liked going out with me because they expected me to be a bit stupid or a bit like, "Ooh, I'm a bit of a foreigner in this country and I'll let you like order bit, for me." Or like a bit quirky or like well, just a bit and they could not really deal with like m- me essentially being a top in life. Right. Because I, I was like a bottom in bed for them. They needed you to be that, yeah. And like I that see. my English was as strong or not better. And that <laughs> Probably I was like, better, yeah. <laughs> my career was better. And the fact that I always had agency and like I found myself being like, ooh, why don't you explain the plot of The Godfather to me? Because I didn't understand it when we watched it. I'm like, why oh. the fuck am I doing this? I don't do that anymore. Well, we'll be back after these short messages where we can actually get into that, Amru, and discuss is it better to fake it than to be single? 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back. This season on So I Got to Thinking, we are being very generously sponsored by the wonderful Brighton Gin, a beautiful independent distillery from where I live in Brighton. This week, we are going to be enjoying a delicious bramble. It's I know it's a classic. It's a favourite. Dylan, you've enjoyed a bramble. Yeah, it's a good summer cocktail, I think. It's delicious. It's fresh and it's crisp. <laughs> <laughs> you will need 50 millilitres of Brighton gin, 25 millilitres of lemon juice, some sugar syrup, ice cubes, crushed ice, and then something called creme de mûre, and then one lemon slice and blackberry. You're going to shake your gin, lemon juice and sugar syrup in a cocktail shaker with a good handful of ice cubes and then strain into a rocks glass full of crushed ice. Drizzle the creme de mûre over the top so it bleeds into the drink. Garnish with your lemon slice, blackberry and then enjoy. Lovely. Okay then, so let's get into it. So before the break, we talked a lot about being a single pariah. And that was very much Carrie's plot line. So she had to kind of confront, you know, oh God, what if I'm single forever? But the other three women, Charlotte, Miranda and Samantha, they had a slightly different focus in this episode. Each of them found themselves faking it. So how were they faking it, Dylan? Can you catch me up? So Cynthia Nixon was... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wonderfully faking orgasms. She was so funny in this episode. Um, so good. Just Cynthia Nixon. I love Cynthia Nixon having sex. She does it in a very natural, very kind of realistic way, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from, I'm not sure if anyone screams like that. <laughs> 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 With her arms waving. <laughs> like a windsock. It was yeah. funny, though, because she was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, my God, Josh. So hot. So, so hot. hot. I, I looked him up. He was gorgeous. Yeah. He's called Mark Feuerstein, I think. I'm going to say Feuerstein. He's on Instagram as Mark Feuerstein, verified. (laughs) I'm going to thirst. I'm going to give him a thirst follow. Maybe not as sexy 21 years on, in that he's now in his 50s and very happily married and has three kids, I think. Um, But my God, ophthalmologist Josh. So so I I would have faked the shit out of it. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you guys have you ever faked orgasms? Um. Have I ever faked? I, d- I, I definitely. I faked have. enjoying sex. Oh, com- oh yeah. 100%. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit more obvious. I think, like, with a penis, whether, yeah. whether it's. But you can just, and I've done this a couple of times, and you can just sort of be like, "Oh, I did come, but just like nothing came out." Mm. You can. <laughs> You can say that. Um, nobody's ha- nobody's going to believe it, but you can say it. <laughs> I have done early on when, like, I was starting to have sex and I didn't have control of ejaculation. I'd right. be like, 
oh, I'm done because I'm not into this anymore, but I'd just already come and like wiped it away so no one could see. Oh, I see. Okay. I did that a couple of times. <laughs> so kind of thinking, um, um, no, I don't think I have. Sometimes I, I think I've been sort of more honest about this is just not going to happen. I think that's yeah. a trans thing. I think... Um, I mean, hi, we're in Trans Corner. Ding, See ding, how effortlessly, ding. bing, bong, yeah. bing. Um, basically, under the effects of all the different kinds of medication that I'm on, it just isn't, you know, I, I pre-transition, it used to all be very, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And I just think whatever kind of woman you are, whether you are cisgender or transgender, like Miranda said, we are complicated bodies. Uh-huh. And it's just not as easy as porn has made it look. Uh-huh. And and post-transition, my sexual pleasure is way more complicated than it used to be. But I'm also more mature than I used to be. So whereas now, so whereas now if it's not going to happen, I'm just going to say, you know, it's not going to happen today, yeah. and that's fine. Mm. And much better that than to just like sort of keep going, and then it's like I'll go windsock. And then it gets a windsock. And then it gets more and more awkward. And they're like, "Right, are you?" And you're like, "No, no. still not." Yeah. And we're all getting hot and bothered. And, and that question of is it something I'm doing is like quite again Josh asks that yeah and in this case it is that he doesn't know where the clitoris is yeah but like sometimes when I'm not getting off and I can see the partner thinking oh I'm failing at something Mm. I'm like this is a really bad rubrics to be thinking about sex yeah no one's failing and no one's succeeding you know and like there's this I've seen it like I was getting with this hot guy recently and he just took a while to come right and I just was like I must be terrible at this and it's like yeah that that thing of success and failing is really ba- really come out through porn as well because mm. there is yeah. it's not a race to the finish it's not a race know. to the finish and you know what they do sometimes in porn which I've noticed maybe I watch a bit too much porn um, when when it's when it seems like the guy is going to take a while they will cut it and then just wait until like he comes maybe like an hour later but in the actual thing it's been two minutes yeah, it's like yeah. that's I can tell like you can tell um, it's interesting I loved the look of horror on Josh's face when Miranda like said, yeah, but those other women might have been faking it. <laughs> yeah, and... just, I'm running a list. But I also loved their little teacher was like, right, I'm going to teach you. That was great. And it was I quite medical. He puts yeah. his glasses on. I love yeah. that. It's really cute, right? I'm ready. He makes the effort, yeah. He does. I mean, do you know, he's so hot. I could have <laughs> potentially see a future where I would have gone on faking it forever. Um <laughs> In the interim, Charlotte has a similar, but she's not faking orgasms, she's faking emotion. (laughs) So she has a chap who comes around and helps her to wire up her VCR, sign of the times. (laughs) And he he tells her he's going to move to Salt Lake City to be on Mormon Days of Our Lives. (laughs) To be a Christian soap actor. (laughs) Yeah, I was very impressed with Charlotte taking the initiative, though. She's a bit of a goer, is our Charlotte. She She grabs him and pulls him into a kiss because he's got big arms. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's in the same episode as Josh, so he pales to insignificance, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and then uh, later, when it came back to that storyline later, Charlotte like had him like retiling the kitchen. <laughs> I was like, is she pay- like... Is she paying him? Or? Pay your freelance out of work actors. Pay your, yeah, Charlotte. support your, yeah. Now she can just go to Checker Trade. She doesn't need to be on Tinder. She can just go to Checker Trade. <laughs> she and was sort of performing the damsel in distress sort of motif. Yeah. Faking, wasn't again, she? faking it. She was sort of, ooh, like this guy will save me because he can fix my light bulbs and he can fix my singledom and it'll all be mm-hmm. great. Yeah, that's true. And Samantha, now this, I want to talk about Samantha because I was really intrigued by this plot line. I was really moved by this plot line. So was I mm. when she spills the, 
Oh, <laughs> it's so <laughs> dramatic. Everybody's looking at me. But she still manages to be to make it fabulously camp. Yeah. She's in like a white fur coat and she's mm. like, oh. <laughs> so in their salsa club, um, Samantha meets a guy called Dominic, I want to say, and he wheeze all over her, but not yes. in a golden shower kind of way, in a he fakes a future to get what he wants in the present, which uh-huh. is sex with Samantha. And so he throws a lot of promises at her about we're going to go to the Hamptons, we're going to eat big lobsters, you know, all the things that single women are looking for. And um, (laughs) But what's interesting in my mind is when we see this later with Richard Wright and with other characters, Sam's vulnerability. Yeah. And every once in a while when the writers are painting with more than just black and white, we can see that Samantha behind all the front and behind all the bluster she wants love mm, yeah. and she doesn't talk about it and at the beginning right at the top she tells Charlotte we're drinking to being single because we don't want men we want to be single but then almost immediately as soon as a guy is like you know we're going to have this future together she falls for it hook line and sinker yeah. and to me that's more interesting than Sam just going on crazy sexual adventures and den of iniquities and well it gives and it some stuff. it gives it a bit of I think necessary dimension doesn't mm. it um, if she was just that character that I, I mean, I think it would be fine, but it would possibly be less interesting. Mm. Well, but also she as a character goes through this throughout the films, throughout everything of, yes, I want love, but I'm not going to compromise yeah. my beliefs about me first, you second. And that obviously comes to a, a you know a head in the first film where yeah. she's trying to grapple with being in a relationship but not feeling happy. Yeah. And I think that is a really interesting thing for people who like their individuality. Well, she says... Sorry. Sorry. She says in the film, I love you, but I love me, me more. Me more. And I loved that because yeah. I mm. thought, actually, it's so transgressive for a woman yeah. to be able to say, yes, this is great, but like me is better. Yeah. And almost that moment, which we will get to in approximately four years, <laughs> does kind of resolve the issues of this episode, which is in the end, Samantha would rather be single than fake it. Yes. Yeah. And that's with when she realises much, much later down the line with Smith Jared that she is slightly, she's not faking her love for Smith, but she's faking herself, mm. that she is happiest freed from commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. And I thought, you know, we're starting to see more of that with Samantha and she's becoming, and this is partly on Kim Cattrall, who I think is a wonderful actor as well. Yeah, yeah. That she's a fully rounded, complicated woman. Um, another, She's mad at herself. And what I find in this episode, she's pissed because she's yeah. like, you know, she goes to the restaurant on her own and she's a bit like, I sacrificed who I am in and she's order thinking, to pursue this thing. Hmm. Yeah. This, this lobster in the Hamptons. And she's thinking, <laughs> like, we would all sacrifice ourselves for that, obviously. And I think But, like, I think that's really, it's really touching when she's like, I'm not doing that again. And I think we've all had slight... She throws a drink <laughs> right a at drink the end. That's one of the funniest shots because you don't really... even see her. And you can just... tell that she was, I'm not coming to set to do that. So they just got some extra to be like... <laughs> and I love how quick it is as well. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what was I going to say? Yeah, another great little thing about Samantha's character... Um, just thinking about what gives her extra dimensions is I love Samantha's and this was a slight the first time we saw it when she said it's just us girls tonight when she has a slight kind of motherly quality about her oh yeah and again in the movie when she's feeding Carrie the yogurt and like stuff like that I really that's really sweet men are men really are like she loves sex with them but yeah. 
I think, again, in that movie, it's like she's having to see her boyfriend more than her girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. Because she's across the pond in L.A. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it does break my heart that they all despised each other in real uh, life. Because um, I, I just did want, I really wanted to believe they were friends, but alas. Um, have you ever been stood up, Samantha style? Yeah. I have. I just can't think of an example right now. Okay. <laughs> Have I ever been stood like, up? Literally... Like literally left in a public place? No, not stood up, but I've been, you know, ghosted a lot, obviously. Mm. Right. Um, which I think is like the, the new c- standing contemporary up. standing I up. I have been stood up. Have you? I was literally left sitting by myself in the Marlborough Pub and Theatre in about 2016. But last laugh, I went and had sex with someone else. Oh, well, I mean, that's, the way, that's yeah. the way to do it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that, speaking of which, another great scene was at the end, Carrie's sitting. And one of those scenes that really sticks with you, or really mm. stuck with me, was when she just goes for dinner by herself. <gasps> no book, no armour, just sitting there. With a so, glass of and wine. And everyone yeah. should do that. I challenge everyone listening to that to do uh-huh. this. And this week, in the year of our Lord 2020, I want no phones and no laptops. Yes. Because I think that's cheating. Sit at the table. The thing is, I love, I I find, because you're both in relationships, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Like to me, we were very quick to be like, yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We're not single. To me, your lives are kind of like sci-fi to me. Like, because I live alone. Uh I mean, I have my puppy, but (laughs) I live alone. I'm all, my career is very much like me on my own because I'm like a freelance creative. Yeah. And I'm always just sitting in restaurants alone. And I really, really like Uh it. So now I'm kind of in this tricky thing of if if I'm going to be at a restaurant with someone They've got to be pretty great because I quite enjoy my own company yeah. and and reading. Yeah. And I know this probably sounds like I just am obsessed with myself. I'm not, <laughs> but like that's great. It's great to enjoy your own company. But actually, that's I'm quite amazing. like I lo- I like it. But so this is why I don't fake it anymore. I know people who wouldn't do that. I, like, so do I. I. People say people. that to me. You're so crazy that you. Do a lot that. of a lot of people say are quite emphatic. Like, oh my god, like like you just said, like oh my god, how can you do that? And yeah, go, like, go, someone said to me the other day. I was like, they said, what did you do last night? Went, it was a Saturday night, and I was like, oh, I went to see Parasite. They're like, yeah. who did you go with? I went, oh, I went by myself. I love going to the cinema. By someone myself. was like, love it. Someone was like, <laughs> I would rather call someone I didn't like <gasps> just so I had someone. Oh to sit god, with. get over it. If you're listening to this, and if you, I'm sorry, I'm going to be. It's time for some tough love. If you are a listener <laughs> who would not go to the cinema or a restaurant by yourself, get over it immediately. Fucking get up and put your shoes on and. It's go. so liberating, <laughs> and you feel weird for maybe a second, but then you just feel like a confident, so, independent woman. I always. I enjoy it 90% of the time, but there was one time when I went and regretted it. I went to see The Meg by myself at Wood, <laughs> at Wood Green View Cinema. I was the only one in the screen. And for some reason, I thought it'd be a good idea to get like a meal deal to eat in there. And I was just watching like Jason Statham fight this giant shark eating an egg, really dry egg and crest sandwich by myself. And I was like... This was not as good as I thought it was going to be. That sounds quite depressing. <laughs> yeah, okay, but is, most of the time, but I'll it tell you is what, fab. It was the egg and crest. It was, yeah, I was about to say, you really, I was, was like, oh, fine. Because you could have masturbated to Jason Statham otherwise. Yeah, but you but can't not with, with an egg sandwich in your hand. with That's an egg unacceptable. sandwich. unacceptable. Yeah. But most of the time, absolutely, like, it's great doing stuff for yourself. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, actually, if I would sit at a nice restaurant and eat a full meal by myself. No, because I suppose there's that pressure. But then again, that's patriarchy doing that, that, you know, that table 
should be for single people as much as it is couples. Absolutely, yeah. And nothing boils my piss than like when you go into Marks and Spencers and it's like meal deal for two. Yeah. Well, I've watched, sl- like give half of it to my dog, you know, kind of it's ridiculous. <laughs> the worst thing I had was a friend, they organized um, like a like a sort of away weekend somewhere during Christmas and I was invited, but everyone was a couple but me. Mm. And then there was like the picking of the rooms moment. And I was like, because I'm single, I actually have to now sleep on In a shit room. the crap couch. Yeah. I was like, oh, I actually deserve the king oh, bed. Andrew won't mind. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. bitch, I do mind. I do mind. Said. I'm like, I deserve the king bed because I'm carrying yeah. me, myself. and You got someone to hold you through the night here. Through the sofa. Um, <laughs> well, we were, you were gonna, we were going to talk about something. I completely, I remember thinking that we should talk about that. Is this about you faking it? Something about, we were talking about something about faking it. What were we talking about? Was it about orgasms? No, we've done that. <laughs> we've done we've orgasms. Done, we've done orgasms, we've done relationships. Oh, faking, would you fake it to go out with somebody? Yeah. I'm interested to hear what you would both say on this as well, actually. Oh, I suppose this is, we are now answering Carrie's question. Is it better to fake it than be single? I think the answer is no, because I think there's nothing wrong with being single. Um, Have I ever faked it? No. I haven't faked. Oh, good for you. I'm trying to think how much have I compromised. I've certainly compromised, um, but I don't think I've ever gone to the point of outright. I think actually the the closest I've got was with the guy that I dated immediately before I met Max. Mm-hmm. And we were very different people in that he was very laid back. And I am not. And so I did that kind of thing where he was like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll see you on Saturday. And I'd be like, yeah, no, that's fine. When actually what I was thinking was like, what, are we going are we go- Saturday then? <laughs> so should, should I not plan anything else? Do I write you in the diary? Do I, you know, I what, what all... I should have been was like, no, that's not how I work. We're either seeing each other on Saturday or we're not. But I think we all do that a little bit, don't we? Like we just kind of make little compromises. I, well, I do feel like <laughs> actually <laughs> the problem is, is we... I think like in the first date, you'll often, if you think they're great, I found myself doing this where I present a version of myself to warrant the second date and then the relationship is essentially undoing the tr- the mistruths that <laughs> started at the beginning. <laughs> so like I pretend to be laid back as well. I have got OCD, I'm severely anxious and I'm like an overdrive mentally. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'll be like, yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm chilled as well. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to slowly have to make them realize that I'm com- actually quite psychotic <laughs> so it's almost like to book the second date I'm like I'll hold some things back and I found this I've stopped now this is in my early 20s now you know I do just put a photo of me and drag on tinder and I yeah. do way way fewer matches but I know yeah. that when I do go on a date with someone that's not this sort of second closet that I have to re- that's I great. found when mm. I did do that I remember like day two I'd be like you're gonna come over and you might see some wigs and and then I'd be like I could see them go oh god but because they were already attracted to me they was fine and I'm like why am I bartering with this yes. yeah Bullshit. so I my advice is like put it all up up front you might scare some people off who are just not ready for that level of like yeah but do you want to be with someone who scares that easily no. no no but I but that's the thing of but you know when you're that hungry for intimacy you're like I will just cut that off but ultimately that will be doomed to fail and I had that with one relationship where it was like I slowly had to really let him know who I was and then it hurt so much when date number 12 Mm. he was like I cannot handle you the real you that's a really great proactive 
thing on your part though mm. and it's such a great idea just put the photo just put it out there just put it on tinder and then also um, some people are actually really into it yeah. not in a like fetishistic way but i had this one guy being like oh my god i love drag yes, queen. and it's like yeah <laughs> we can talk about drag rather yeah. than like pretended which is i do four nights a week anyway no and and if <clears throat> we didn't put such currency on being in a relationship we wouldn't need to fake it Ruth, thank you so much for coming yeah. in. Oh, thanks for we could have me. talked forever. This was so. really fun. This has been so much You'll fun. You'll have to come in again. Yeah, honestly, it was, so, it was actually really a joy re-watching oh. an old episode as well Amazing. on my it TV is, yesterday. It? I was like, when, yeah. it, when does Big get back in it? Next week. Next, next week. week. <gasps> that was, thank you, my God, that was effortless. A great segue. Please do join us next week when we will be watching season two, episode five, Four Women and a Funeral. You've been listening to Juna Dawson, Dylan B. Jones. Amru, where can we find you online? Uh, at Glamru, G-L-A-M-R-O-U. And that's for all my socials. Thank you. Great. And so I got to thinking podcast is S-I-G-T-T podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Until next week, see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.